from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine, and everything in between, this is Legends Look Back. You see, I'm having a casual Monday night a few days ago, checking in with our buddies over there at the Living Force. Says they're revisiting the Foundational Five, and I just felt like at least somebody on the Legends side of thing uh, needed to hop in there and just make sure and hold them accountable. That when they say they're revisiting the Foundational Five, what they don't mean is that we're just going to scrap all the Legends books from the list and make it a purely canon Foundational Five. So hold my own in the chat, trying to just represent pretty well. The Foundational Five, do you, you guys familiar with this? You know what it is? The Foundational Five yeah. that we've got at Utini. It's one of our, I think one of our cooler ideas that we've been able to use in the Star Wars fandom to help people get started with Star Wars books, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Foundational Five... Uh, is probably one of the first projects at Utini that I can remember uh, trying to figure out what are the, the books you need to read if you're getting into Star Wars, right? It's, it's uh, in my opinion, the series of books that will introduce you to a greater depth of what could happen. And yeah. it's, a, it's a great stepping stone, right? So. so it's not about the best books as much as like the five very good starting points for mm-hmm. Star Wars books. Have you yeah, read all the Foundational yeah. Five, Rick? Do you know what they are off the top of your head? Uh, I didn't. I had to look them up again. Cause I, I I know I've... I've it's mostly familiar legends. with them. Yeah, but I have read all the Foundational Five. I'm um, looking at the list now. You want me to go through the list? Yeah, just read them out for folks. Just appreciate the fact that we've got yeah. several Legends books on the list. Uh, quite a few. For now. <laughs> Number, I don't know if they're, they're ranked, but uh, the first one is Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. It's a canon book. A young adult... Uh, and then uh, Darth Bane, Path of Destruction, uh, the first of the trilogy. So that's a good good teaser to get you interested. And then probably my personal favorite of all time, uh, the novelization for Revenge of the Sith uh, by Matthew Stover. Uh, Heir to the Empire, Timothy Zahn is on there. And good old Kenobi by John Jackson Miller. So yeah, definitely five of the greatest hits, I would say, yeah. for the Star Wars universe. Absolutely. And we've not revisited this in what four three four years since we cemented this list in stone and Mm. now we're looking at potentially switching Mm. it up a little bit man and it gives me anxiety because (laughs) if y'all haven't watched it yet go back and watch monday night's living force revisiting the foundational five Corey about sent me into a conniption as he was describing some of the possible reasons why heir to the empire might get booted Wow. And, Over and the rest of them, none, right? None of it was was concrete. Basically, you know, it just has aged differently than the others. Ah. It being a thirty year old book, and some of the language, and yeah. some of the the gendered terminology, and uh, it was. I was getting sweaty trying to keep up with my thumbs typing as fast as I could to <laughs> to argue for why this book has got to stay. And I just kind of felt like, you know what? We've got our own microphones here tonight. We should describe. <laughs> Why Lost Stars should get booted from the list. Hey. You know, One, I haven't read it. Just kidding. <laughs> Freddie C. hasn't read it. Let's replace it with Truset Bakura. Number two, it doesn't end. It just kind of stops. Just, she just stopped writing. Yeah. I, I spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Come on, man. <laughs> hardly. Hardly. I didn't say anything, but I, that was my biggest criticism about that book. The only... second time I read it, I liked it a lot more. But the yeah. first time, I was not a fan. I, I liked I liked it both times that I've read it. 
and the third and fourth. It's good. I've read it a few times. Uh, however, the biggest criticism that I have against it is I had a friend, one of the teenagers at the church in Massachusetts, was like getting into Star Wars books. She started with, what you guys guess what she started with and friggin' loved? I'll give you a hint. We've already said its name on the show tonight. She started with the the Heir of the, Heir of the Empire? She started with the Thrawn trilogy nice. and loved it. Yes. And loved it. Read all 900 plus pages of the... And then, then she asked me for a recommendation. You know what I gave her? What'd you give her Lost next? Stars? I gave her Lost Stars. She's a teenager. Uh-huh. I got a young adult Star Wars book. Everybody loves it. It's just like a, a sure hit. Like, you take the book, you're going to love it. Yeah. And she handed it back to me and made this face. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? It's so good. You're going to. And so then she proceeded to read the entire Zon catalog, the entire wow. Zon canon. How, how, yeah. how do we? Because a lot of it's legends. We can't call it canon. The. Uh, my brain doesn't work, man. I mean, Thrawn catalog. I, are we? Catalog, that to me includes uh, everything. Right. The repertoire. Legends. Repertoire. I like that. Repertoire. The, <laughs> I like that. Thrawn would like that word. He's pretentious and all that it, stuff. It's, so. it's artsy. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. However, if Air of the Empire is booted, uh, we're taking Legends Look Back on the road. Just straight <laughs> out of here. No, we. I am excited to see what they're going to do with that. It's at least been thought-provoking and uh, stimulating to consider what might happen. However... We might want to do like a purely legends foundational five because like some Ooh. of our wrecks are some of our wrecks are a little different than what they've got. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And have maybe both, you know, a canon or all three have a canon, uh, legends, and then greatest of all time. You know, that's, like that's how I think it should go, right? If you have a greatest of all time, it's like, hey, this is the best of legends. This is the best of canon. But if you're looking just for canon, here's your canon. If you're looking just for legends, here's your legends books. Yeah, we're not actually any of the decision makers on whether or not we're going to make nope. the project. Yeah, not at all. To look like we want it. <laughs> I just felt like uh, somebody needed to defend Heir to the yeah. Empire. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah, and that's definitely I would say foundational because there's so much in the universe that is built upon that that book. Like and they literally. said that. they did at yeah, least say okay, that. Okay, right. okay, good, 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 good. I haven't listened to it yet, so shirtless Sabayoth, you know, isn't going to defend himself. He's too crazy. That's right, that's true. You know, he's he's kind of out there on the island. He's got those abs. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> that's on accident. With that, <laughs> with that, we've got another great legends. Almost essential legends book. It's not in the essential legends collection. However, the Discord just recently did a uh, a book club over AC Crispin's Han Solo trilogy. We read it along with them, and we are going to give it the full roundtable treatment for the next two weeks here on Legends Look Back. So, without further ado, let's get to it. Hello, everybody. And welcome to Legends Look Back, proudly part of the Eugenie Podcast Network. This is a Star Wars books podcast to listen to while you drink a high C ecto cooler, where we celebrate our rich EU history as well as dive into lesser known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and I promise never to do that slurping noise again. And I'm joined <laughs> by my legendary co host, recently relocated, Rick Grace. How are you, Rick? You're throwing me for a loop here. I had Freddy all ready yeah, to go. Sometimes we gotta <laughs> go out of order. I am good, man. Uh, I'm here for the ASMR content, so keep on making great sounds. You man. do love you some ASMR. 
as long as it's appropriate. You know, who yeah. else does or does not love ASMR? I don't know. We've never discussed it. The newly <laughs> knighted master, Freddie C. How are you, Freddie? Doing all right, fellas. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't have my golden axe with me right now, but uh, for any of you who have been following the uh, Instagram or whatever, uh, yeah, definitely got Big that week golden for you. axe. Got it, man. It, uh, Master Master Jedi is is my new title, so pretty nice. uh, pretty excited. <laughs> so was this uh, for those who want to know? You know, he's talking about how he just received a big accolade at uh, through your university grad yeah. school. Yeah. At, now was this the, an award ceremony, Freddie, or was this your graduation to like officially become a master of the business? <laughs> a master, master of, of business master of the monies uh, and the numbers <laughs> yeah exactly uh this was a, a recognition for uh outstanding students who are about to graduate who have done a lot with the community and uh you know improved the lives of of people around them and have given the university a good name that's that's really what the the thing is for and because they've been uh, watching legends look back right <laughs> yeah exactly they they saw all my legends look back content uh, uh you know not just that uh also did uh did a lot during the fire season with the red cross yeah and, yeah a uh, hmm. bunch of other stuff you know servant leadership as they say nice no big deal yeah no, no big deal nbd <laughs> he did however win a golden axe and we're asking him to show it off on the show so next thrack and surf store um you'll see me when in my legends books Mm-hmm. And Freddie, this is your cue to quote Gim- Gimli and say, "And my axe." You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I love it. And my axe, great. <laughs> Got it. Is that isn't uh, that a line? Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very good job. Good I haven't job. seen those in like ten years. So going out on a limb. A while. It's talking about oh. other fantastical universes. It's like pretty sure there's a quote here. And my axe, beautiful. Kind of got the kind of <laughs> got it. the dwarfy beard gotta, thing going on there. Is that, a, is that a short joke? Beard? No, it's a uh, face. It's a face joke. Against yeah, the mic okay. while you say <laughs> that. <laughs> part of the part of the thing. Part of the ASMR of it all. Well, yeah, we are so proud of you, Freddie. Absolutely um honored to have you as part of the show. And we are missing Emily Day back again with us this week. However, it look the future looks bright. Things are looking good for them, and she should get to be back with us soon. In fact, I was making plans to work her, around her for the next round table, and she said, Hey, you stop that. I will be back for that next round table, <laughs> probably. So I'm very excited to have her back. It just hadn't, it's been fun. Don't get me wrong, but it hadn't been the same without her, has it? No. Definitely not. Yeah. We, um, I, I was wondering, you know, what the Utini maternity policy is, because uh, it's, it's about time, right? Like, I'm all about maternity leave and my wife, you know, and all that. Two yeah, but <laughs> we miss Emily. We need her back, so. Hold up. You make an announcement right here live on the show? Rick, not me. Are, are you pregnant? No, I mean we've been over this. Nothing's changed. It's still, <laughs> s- still full term, but no delivery date in sight. I delivery actually date is hopefully uh, after each espresso shot, right? Oh gosh, <laughs> actually, yeah, uh, I, was... I had chili and uh, stuff tonight, so there might. Yeah, be, I've been uh... hearing all about Rick's chili while we've been getting ready for the show. I'll tell you that much. Um, I, I've been doing a video series for the day job, a uh, little. 10-minute devotional series every day this week, be an Easter week, and all for those who practice and celebrate. And uh, one of my videos, I began with the story about the time that we were pretty sure Emily was going to labor live on the show. Y'all know what I'm talking about? She was getting a little fidgety, and then she had this look in her eyes Yep, all throughout the show. (laughs) I was like, we about to burst, y'all. We about to burst. 
Yeah, I'll never forget, man. Uh, you know, I, Emily, if you're listening to the show, you powered through that episode. I don't know how you did that. It was yep. magnificent. And then I falsely yeah. alarmed us all and told the entire team that she was having a baby <laughs> that night, and it was still another two weeks. <laughs> so sorry about that. And also, congratulations, hey. and can't wait to have Yay. you back. <laughs> exactly. But and I go ahead. Yeah, Emily should get an award, man. She's a trooper. That's right. If not a she golden the, axe, uh, like a the like Night a, Sister golden axe. Ooh, I like it. That'd be fun. What'd well, be like Vibrate. a baby equivalent? A golden golden bottle. Ooh, uh, oh no, a, tr- a training remote. A golden training remote. Ooh. We'll have to figure out how to make one to shoot your maybe babies. That's... No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe it's not a good idea. When they cry, train hey, you them. stop that. Yeah. Gotta be quicker, kid. Yeah. Well. We're excited to have her back. We were very happy last week to have Tyler here with us on the show. Shout out to Tyler. Was that last week? It's been a long week. Was it really last week? Was that just a week ago? I think so. Well, we do have an update, however, on the Legends race to the finish. And guys, I don't have your numbers, so I'm interested to hear from you all. Tyler was very eager to brag about how much progress he has made on our Grand Legends competition. He has read at least as of a few hours ago, 150 pages into X-Wing. Mercy kill. Very proud, Tyler. Everybody give Tyler a digital round of applause. I'm not going to because it's competition and I'm going to beat you. And I'm not about to have you one-up me on my own show. However, I would also like to give an update on the amount of pages that I've read. You guys ready for Mm. this? Drum roll. ready. Since last Thursday night, I have read exactly zero Legends pages. (laughs) Not a single one. Man. <laughs> I even finished a book. And even though I started it like last year, I'm gonna count it. That that counts as one. We're gonna keep the Gimli the Gimli quotes going. That still only counts as one. <laughs> it might not. Uh, do you Whoa. use do you use Goodreads? Ah crap. Yeah. Goodreads, if you start a book in the previous year and finish it this year, does not count toward your reading goal for the year. If you well, do a re- if you do a reading challenge, I don't think they run my life, so I will count it. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to be told the rules. Never tell me the odds. Um, yeah, how about that impression? Was it that as was good great. as my slurping impression, <laughs> or as Rick's Gimli? Somewhere in between. <laughs> Somewhere in between. How about you guys? Have you read any, any Legends pages to update on this week? Where are we at in the competition? I, I've got a I feeling Tyler is winning this week. He's winning. He he's definitely winning this week. Uh, this week, I can't even speak. <laughs> or maybe Rick because he finished a book. <laughs> Yay! Oh, nice. Um, so how long did it take you to finish that, Rick? Um, why you got to ask like that, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, didn't I haven't started uh, it. <laughs> I'm right there with Jared. Uh, you know, prepare prepare for a change after school is completed. Though we're gonna we're gonna zip right through these. Uh, you know, uh, someone in the chat said it last time. I do not have kids either. Mm. Uh. That's to your favor for a lot of reasons, Freddie. A lot of reasons. I could be on the bed for the next three weeks just chugging through these and uh, smoking through this competition. We'll see. (laughs) On the bed or in the bed? Hey, man. In the bed, on the bed. (laughs) Under the bed? With the bed. (laughs) Under the bed. (laughs) It's been a week for all of us, in case you can't tell. So we're we're very, very much happy to be here tonight doing this. Uh, Well, let us know who you think is going to win that. Let it be known, though. I did, however, read two entire Legends books just out of sheer excitement from us discussing starting the competition before we actually started the competition. Those don't count. true. Tyler's not here to argue with me, so therefore, (laughs) it counts. It counts. It doesn't count. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm in the fight now too, so no. Here's the problem, Rick. Here's the problem. What, is, what does Goodreads say? Here's actually <laughs> here's the problem. All right. Um the the loser has to read a Star Trek book. It's true. That's not a punishment for you. You willingly read Star Trek books. I'm not going to be the loser. So He's willingly I'm... ready to go as as a, a red shirt uh, to the convention. I mean, this guy. Rick, yeah. Oh, dude, he... that would be epic. <laughs> What's a red shirt? Like uh, for football when you uh, practice no. for a year? It's a, a Star Trek meme essentially now, but in the original series, the characters that wore a red shirt inevitably were expendable and all died that very same episode they appeared. Um, and so it's a joke of, oh, you're a red shirt, means you're going to die or get killed off. Now, uh-huh. later Star Trek shows started to make red shirts more important, like Captain yeah. Picard wears a red, a red shirt. shirt. Yeah. Anyway, don't let me get going on Star shirt. Trek. Ooh. Just you discussing the symbol. uniforms is so boring, <laughs> I'm about to die. <laughs> just thinking about their outfits, I'm just like, this is atrocious. Oh. I will not read this. Oh, so I can't wait for you to lose. So Tyler, you slow Tyler, down. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have read some Legends this week. It's an audiobook. I've been doing Kenobi, getting ready for our, uh, our roundtable next month. Hey, nice. that counts. All right. Hold on. Whoa, wait. Do rereads count? Yeah. No. Ah, uh, I don't know. So are we? No, tr- it's a race to the finish. Because like I'm about, I'm reading Wedge's Gamble, right? And okay. so I've already read it before. So that one doesn't count. No, so they doesn't do count because we we said no. whoever reads the no. most Legends books by the end of the year. That's true. But we're racing the to the finish. Yeah, but well, it's gonna take you forever, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Let me count my Kenobi, okay? Come on, I read some Legends this week. We're gonna have to do an update like in a couple months and then fight <laughs> over all of these disagreements or something. Uh, yeah, I'm counting it. Officially counting it. So, Tyler, <laughs> get wrecked! Now, get this week, we're going to be talking about the Han Solo trilogy. We are diving deep into his Legends Origins story. We did on episode 18 of Legends Look Back. You remember this, Freddie? We yeah. had... It was an epic episode, possibly... Um, many people are saying this. One of the best episodes of Legends Look Back ever, until Rick came on the show, of course. Wow. Hey... Both Eric and Charlie from the Ghost Crew joined us just a few episodes before we ended up going to the you know the video thing. In fact, I said, "Hey, why don't y'all hold off and we'll do video?" And they said, "No, please, we don't want to do video." So <laughs> we did it before. That I would really encourage everybody to listen to it. It was effectively Eric and Freddie and me kind of sitting back and listening to Charlie yeah. give some drop some truth bombs on us, and we were all like, "Oh, yeah." I didn't know that was in here. I, I we're reading the same book. It, <laughs> that's absolutely that's spectacular, thing, right? That, There's a that's lot. The, that's the whole purpose and and reason and argument for inclusivity in in every every job, every everything, because you get a point of view that you would have never seen. Even you know, Jared and I have read these books over and over and over again, and the the point of view that Charlie had. It really makes you understand it from a point of view that you would never have understood, you know. And and the thing is, you don't know what you don't know. So how 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 are you going to know these points of view if you have no idea they exist? So you know, yeah. Eric and Charlie, that that was a fantastic episode. I I absolutely love that. We got to make that happen again. Well, I'll tell you this much: tonight's episode, we are not even going to try to hit that kind of level of depth. We're going very much for the eighth grade level humor tonight as has already been pointed out in the chat so very grateful (laughs) that we're we're hitting i loved eighth grade thank you very much me too me too 
I believe that about all, about all three of us, absolutely. <laughs> well, for the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about Han Solo's legendary origin story. Joining us next week is not Eric, is not Charlie, but it is Charles. See what I did there? Mm. Dr. Charles Hankel is going to be telling us all about his love of this trilogy, and it is expensive. No, expansive. Dang it. Expansive. <laughs> it costs the doctor money. Well, this <laughs> trilogy has got Han's Wookiee mom. His evil twin cousin, wow. yeah. slavery, religious mm-hmm. pleasure parties, Han's legendary heartbreak, mm-hmm. learning how to become a hotshot pilot, pulling off a heist of ancient artifacts, space mm-hmm. pants, back, goodness, spancer, <laughs> space <laughs> panther love, poisoning nalatree frogs, hut civil war, mm-hmm. Boba Fett being awesome, and Boba Fett also being a total schmuck. It's got the origins of... The Rebel Alliance, Lando and Han's bromance and competition for the Millennium Falcon, multiple of Lando's girlfriends, well, like different <laughs> girlfriends, not like clones, but there's a lot of clones in Legends, just not in this series. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, this series also has telepathic, addictive, enslaving space rhinos. <laughs> and that's not an exaggeration. Are you guys ready for this? Oh, yeah. So ready. I mean, that's... Let's do the thing. Now, would you want to give a shout-out to the Discord Book Club? I had some good folks over there a few months ago reading through these, and we were a little bit behind. So here we are, kind of catching up, giving our thoughts mm-hmm. on the series. So if you participated in that or know folks who have, let them know about this episode and next week's so that you can join in. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Freddie, tell the folks the three books that are in the Han Solo trilogy yeah, so we've got uh, the three books. We've got The Paradise Snare, which was released in 1997. Hut uh, Gambit, which was released, uh, I believe, later on that year, also 1997. And then Rebel Dawn, which was published in 1998. So one right after the other. Uh, you you know, th- uh, sometimes in, in Legends that didn't always happen. But uh, in this case, if you liked Paradise Snare, guess what? Hut Gambit was coming out soon after. Yeah, these came out within what a year all three within one year right about a year and a half it's crazy absolutely i think she probably wrote all three yeah and then they released them in stages what do you think i think that's got to be the case for them to be released that quickly either that or she was just absolutely on a writing streak but uh yeah phenomenal yeah continue definitely no no just ac crispin right this is some some classic legends here right right in the uh dark ages so uh, if anybody was in love with Star Wars when it first came out, this was definitely something that was on some bookshelves. I mean, it was a definitely a lot of. I mean, this is the history of Han Solo in Legends, and and uh, we had another series, right? Another trilogy uh, before this, I believe. Was it before this? Oh uh, yeah, the um, Brian Daly. Yep, Brian Daly. The Star. Those were more of the adventures, Han Solo adventures, than than the origin story, right? I believe so. Yeah. It's been a um, while since I've touched those. What's funny in reading this, this is the first time that I have read these through all the way through. I've done I'd done the abridged audiobooks on uh, books two and three. I'd read the first one before. It's hilarious how they're very much shoehorned into this trilogy. Like there's a gap in Rebel <laughs> Dawn where it's like, all right, Han's going off into the corporate sector for a year or two here. <laughs> And then he comes back and he's like, oh, I got to tell you all about Blue Max. Have you heard about Blue Max? And we're like, all right, we get it. Crispin, we get it. Like, you really wanted to make sure you included those books. Sure. Uh Uh-huh. We know about Blue Max. It's so funny. Yeah, it's so funny. But you know what? 
AC Crispin hits it out the park with this this series here. This was like for me, this was my baseline of of the Han Solo movie and the portrayal right from here on out. And uh, I I feel like they did a good job. Han Solo, the Solo, the movie was was great. I loved it. Um, a lot of similarities with this book, right? Yeah. Some some takes on that we'll talk about later on in the show. So, uh, you know, for anyone who hasn't read these yet, pick them up. These are this is some classic stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, AC Crispin just passed away in. See, not sure. I thought I had this in the notes somewhere tw- a few years ago. Uh, twenty thirteen. 2013. Thank you. Yeah, just passed away in 2013, so may she rest in peace. Absolutely spectacular Legends author. However, these are her only three full-length Legends novels, which is shocking. Wrote just Mm. a few other short stories. Um, I read one recently. I just read Tales from Jabba's Palace. She wrote The Fat Dancer's Tale. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Which, there's a few things in these books, I will admit, that, like, some of the language... uh, it would not be the same today, such as I showed that title to my wife, and she was like, I don't think I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. However, very excellent short story, one of the very best in the entire anthology, and it's no surprise. A wickedly talented, wickedly talented writer. Though I think if these were to be included in like the Essential Legends collection, there would be a couple little word edits oh, totally. I would make in order Oof. to... Uh, I don't even know how much detail we want to get into this, there's one word that's used very uh, with much frequency throughout the trilogy that's just not how we use the word today, and mm. uh, the R word. And so I, I would want to see that oh, revised yeah. for I, – I would not recommend – I would go so far as to say I would not even recommend anybody read these books if that is a trigger for you yeah, because of just uh, how horribly it is used throughout this trilogy. However, that's the 90s, and uh, I'd like to think if these were reprinted that that would be – adjusted yeah and just a remember a reminder to everybody right legends were were books written in a different time uh take yourself if if you weren't back in that time you know it's it's a little more difficult to understand uh find someone who was around during those times to understand what it was like what was acceptable what was not acceptable uh, and just remember that that just just like some very classic books in our in our literature in our historic literature right like to kill a mockingbird are all reflections of that time what was acceptable and that will change right that will change uh even even canon books i bet you anything we'll read these maybe 30 years from now thinking sure. the same thing right so yeah. uh just remember remember that when you read these books so disclaimer we at least had to give that however wickedly talented writer and uh, i just enjoyed every second that i spent with this this takes place in 10 bby at least the beginning of the paradise snare and then I don't know if I've ever read a Star Wars s- series that covers so much territory on the timeline as this one. It basically gets us from Han as a like what preteen, all the yeah. way up to literally in the middle of A New Hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So a, a huge spot on the timeline. Now, Freddie, I got to get your take here on the cover art by Drew Struzan, and I believe we even have the images here. I would love to s- to know your opinion, Freddie, as our resident cover art expert. <laughs> Which of the covers is your favorite? We got the Paradise Snare, the Hut Gambit, Oof. and Rebel Dawn. Drew Struzan, absolute legend in cover art. Well, let's see. We do have uh, Boba Fett right on Hut Gambit, right? So that's that's a beautiful uh, little thing there. 
Right, so um, we get up here, the Paradise Near. I like that one because it's got Merg. Yeah, there's Boba Fett on the Hut Gambit. Yep, yep. Love me some Boba Fett. And, and uh, you know, this is very tough because you've got, you've got different points of view of each each one of these, right? And you've got... Yeah, go back through them again. Perfect. Yeah, let's look at these. So we've got... Is that is that Bria there in the bottom corner? I'm pretty sure. It's got to be. Yeah. And then you've got... Uh, let's see, on the next cover... Oh, you've got some, some Imperial shuttles in the background too. X-Wings... Some huts. Is there a couple huts there? I can't tell. Oh, no, just X-Wings. Oh, you know what? I love this cover. I'm going to pick this one. Got some X-Wings in there, some Boba Fett. I think, uh, I, think Rebel, <laughs> I think Rebel Dawn is my favorite of the three. Not so much as there's anything on it that is especially all that spectacular, as much as it's a very iconic cover. It is. When I see it, I immediately think about 90s Legends books. Yeah, yeah. you know what I like about this? It's the end of this trilogy, right? Rebel Don, our boy Han, right right smack dab in the middle at where he should be in in his full glory. So I'm down for that cover, too. This is a tough one. I, I'm going to go with yeah. Hut Gambit. <laughs> and Rick, what's your opinion? Uh, I think actually I'm going to go with the Paradise Snare um, because it's, it's the most bizarre. Like, <clears throat> it's not what you know of... You know, Han Solo, there's two other characters on there with him. You're like, who in the world is that? You know, how come there's another woman? <laughs> you know, it's a lot of a lot of mystery and intrigue that um, if you're judging a book by its cover, that one raised a lot of questions for me. Yeah. You know, I you don't even so know much. who Merg or Bria are unless you read yeah, the book. Exactly. <laughs> and just a, a little a shout out here to Drew Struzan. Uh still alive, right? He's he was yeah. I think he was born in like 1947 or something like that huge contribution to to pop culture back to the future blade runner indiana jones uh star wars also did cover cover art for uh alice cooper black sabbath uh earth wind and fire i mean this guy is (laughs) wait he did he did like album covers yep he did album covers as well Uh, he even did uh i believe he did a a cover for Rolling Stone once. Anyway, Drew Struzan, cool. he's got a name for himself. He knows what yeah. he's doing, and the fact that he can grace these covers is great for me. <laughs> I, it might be my favorite thing in all of Star Wars fandom, is admiring yeah. Drew Struzan covers. Hmm. That and listening to HK47 talk down to people in Night Seal <laughs> Republic, I do. I am a sucker for that, for sure. Yeah, I want HK47 talking smack to Drew Struzan. That would be fun. Call him a meatbag. That'd be something. Hey, meatbag. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, a couple other things in terms of behind the scenes introduction, and that is that there is also a sci-fi book club edition that was published right after the trilogy was completed in 1998. It has all three books in one hardcover volume. This just came up on the Utini team a couple of days ago because uh, one of our buddies, Frank, shout out to Frank, bless your, bless your heart, Frank. Frank tried to order a hardcover of Rebel Dawn and was upset that it was a paperback. Frank, there is no hardcover of Rebel Dawn. Which, at least not by itself. Not not above board, at least. Barnes if somebody's is the only hardcover, right? Well, Barnes... there's the Sci-Fi Book Club okay. that's got all that's three right. in one volume. That's right. And yeah. then the Barnes & Noble version also has all three books in one volume. Mm. But there's no hardcover of each of these books on their own. See what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah. Jared, do you have that SFBC? Yes, not accessible this week, unfortunately. Do you have a, do you have an image of it? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, yeah, you vamp, and, and I'll grab it. 
Well, I don't have that one yet, so I'm trying to I'm trying to trying to get it, man. I've got the Corellian trilogy, but I don't have uh the science fiction book club of this one. And after reading it, I'm a huge fan. So I like I like the Barnes and Noble collection the yes. most. It's that beautiful cover. Oh, man, look at that cover right there. All right. Yeah, so this I was published yeah, yeah. in 2017. Oh, the sci-fi book club edition. No, I don't have that oh, okay. one. Okay. <laughs> the Barnes and Noble edition came out in yeah. 2017. I think it's yeah. still available in some Barnes and Noble stores. Wow. Uh, cool. It's got Han and Chewie on the spine, the Falcon on the cover. It's got a Legends banner, but it's not gold, so it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb. And then the back is... Well, probably Jabba smoking a hookah. It could be several huts. There's a lot of huts. I'm thinking Jabba because you got Boba Fett hanging out with him. And then there's more. You all ready for this? A bookmark like the Bible. Mm. I mean, I guess the Bible originally published without a bookmark, you know, (laughs) on papyri. Sure. And then some Ralph McQuarrie uh, concept art in here. Full color. We got the the Bomar Monk castle in the back. And then what's in the, I don't even remember what, oh, okay, the exact same thing in the front. <laughs> yeah. Double or nothing. And yeah, um, I, I love these. Absolutely love these additions. Excited to see the Kenobi version coming out later this year. For sure. Oh, yeah, I was, was going to jump in and say too, that the, the pages are good quality. Remember we talked about page and typesetting and mine's a little musty. It's an old, but old, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, I, I just like, you know, good what do you mean it's quality old? print. It was printed five years ago. Was it really? Yeah. I got it used, so who knows? That's right. No, hold on. He's a 20, 20, oh, 2017. I think it's a 2013. You bought it from a smoker. That's what you did. <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> or pets. The, uh... Somebody with pets. Worse, somebody with pets and smoke in their home. Oh, oh man. man. Yeah, there's, so there's the cover. The, yeah, good stuff. Well, let's talk about it. What do y'all say? Sure, let's do it. All right, let's take turns reading these summaries. Uh, I'll go first. Freddie, you're second. And Rick, you can read Rebel Dawn since you just Woo-hoo. finished it last night, and you can officially read the spoilers. I almost Yay. had to take these out for you, Rick. Thank you for I'm not. I'm glad I did. Hey, <laughs> all right. Do make the spoiler warning now. So. Yes. Yes, this will, be, this will be spoilery for the entire Han Solo trilogy. For me, it took, it took months to read all of this. So yeah, take your time. Take your time. Come back to this. The show's still going to be here. However, it's live now, so you might as well just hang out. All right. So the first book is The Paradise Snare. Here's the gist of it. A young Han Solo's spiced running job takes him to Elysia, where dastardly to land a till rule a profitable glitter stem operation through using their bodily vibrations to enslave workers in a religious cult. No big deal. <laughs> there, Han makes a friend, Merg, a girlfriend, Bria Theron, and an enemy, Tara Winza. That's that's basically all you need to know. There's a lot more, yeah. but you know, they've got three books to talk about here. Take us away, Freddie. Yeah, all right. We've got next in the series, The Hut Gambit. Han and Lando lead a showdown of smugglers, alliance uh on Narshada against the Imperials, who want to make an example out of the planet because the huts have abused the leeway the Empire has allowed them, and the smugglers are not taking it lying down. What do you think? Not one sentence. One sentence. Is that enough? That's not bad. It's pretty an entire, good. An entire plot just one sentence. Right in one wow. sentence. And you know if what? only I could get a sermon into 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. The struggle. The struggle's I, real. I could put an entire book into one sentence, but uh, it is real. All right, Rick, you're up next. 
All right. And then Rebel Dawn, Bria Theron needs her ex-boyfriend Han Solo to muster up his crew of smugglers and scoundrels to aid in the fledgling Rebel Alliance's mission to take down the Talondatil's glitter stem operation on Yelizia. Yelizia. Uh Why does everyone want to go back to Yelizia? I like it. Good yeah. joke. And they all live happily ever after. Just kidding. Actually, Bria dies in a Rogue One-esque mission to retrieve the Death Star plans on Taprawa after driving a, re- a wedge between Han and Lando and betraying Han I give you for the hard her <laughs> rebel aspirations again. But at least Han has Jabba! Actually, Han has to dump a load of spice in the process of making the Kessel Run and under 12 parsecs, which puts Greedo on his tail, leading us right into a little movie affectionately known as The Star Wars, or A New Hope, if you really want to split hairs. Well done, Rick. Sorry for giving <laughs> you. you. I gave Freddie one sentence, and I gave you... <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I the, gave you the... Taprawa and Elysia. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, what was it. the... Uh... Oh, man, I, like Wedge? Wait, where is Yeah, dri- a driving time. a wedge... Between that's Han. Right. Yeah, that's good yep. stuff, though. Good good writing, could've, dude. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there's no other place to start than with Han Solo himself. I mean, we could mm. li- literally start with dozens of other characters, but we're not going to. Mm. Because this is, after all, not the Terra Winza trilogy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's not the Lando Calrissian trilogy. However, I do mm. need to read that one. It's on my list. Yeah. Uh, I've DNF'd the first one so far. We'll see Uh-oh. if I can get through. Power However, through it, man. <laughs> they are referenced quite extensively in this series. So I feel like I pretty much got everything I need to know, right? <laughs> it counts. Is that three more books that you've, you're going to check them out? off? You just saw it happen here live on the show. We decided it. That's no, not how Tyler. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious to find some good stuff. There's, you never know. You never know. Well, this is really uh, an excellent trilogy for getting into the psyche of what makes Han Han. Uh, obviously falls head over heels in love yeah. with Bria yeah. Theron on Elysia and the Spice Mines and is very much like a, I'm going to save you kind of mm-hmm. mentality. Been there. Man, it don't work. It does not work <laughs> out, Han. However, that kind of does, but it does backfire in a big, bad way. Here's my question, and I'm really on the fence about what I think about this. Very much on the fence. So we're going to hash it out here live on the show. Do you think Crispin's Han Solo is consistent with Harrison Ford's portrayal of the character that we encounter in the original trilogy. I, okay. I'm not sure that I love her. I love the trilogy, but I'm not sure I love her characterization of Han. I'm so not sure. that's a good question, right? Let's, let's go back to, to Han in paradise snare. He, and, and the beginnings of his life, right? He's, he's, uh, how do we put this? He's, um, He's fresh. He's not the crusty, angry smuggler that we see in in the the sequels, and he's not he's not quite the uh, debonair quite yet, right? He's not the cold hearted. I don't trust anybody. Uh, Good looking Harrison Ford guy that we see in the movies. I mean, he is in a part, but he starts off as as almost too innocent and too trusting i guess in a sense but also he he still has this trouble troubled background of of being on his own so yeah 
It, does it reflect Harrison Ford? No, but it will soon. It will eventually, right? After he's gone yeah. through the amount of things that he's gone through. He's got to yeah. go through some pain in order to get jaded. Is that what you're saying? That's mm. exactly it. That's exactly yeah. it. That's that's what I was going to say, too, is that I I don't think that uh, her, her portrayal of Han is consistent with the film. And that's exactly what it should be, because it is a, a story of origin. It's his, his how he became that Han. Uh, and so I think it does a great job, because on the first couple chapters, you do see a much more hopeful Han and his quick to find love, quick to have a good time, whatever. And that's not who he is in A New Hope. Mm -hmm. And so I think this whole series does a really good job at kind of telling us that story and working through all of that uh, trauma, drama. I don't know. It's both. It's really both. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. So I think it was, you know... Are they the same? No, but that's good. You know, it's definitely a story of, of change. He's a dynamic character through and through. Not just that, but I feel like, and and Jared, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Han Solo, he had the, he had the, the chance to be really bad. And he had the chance to be, I, I guess, chaotic evil and chaotic good, right? He yeah. had the chance to be either one of those. And mm-hmm. he ended up being the good, the good person that we see, right? Who Who's always down for a cause, but... He might have to be convinced of it, or he he has to see the benefit for him. And in most cases, the benefit is money because he's always short on it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But we do find, you know, in a few places where his altruism wins out over his yeah. greed, as it often does, and he risks his neck for the smugglers. And I loved all that stuff, risking his neck for the smugglers on Narshadon, organizing that whole alliance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But all right, yeah. I'm gonna go controversial opinion. I straight up don't like her characterization <laughs> of Han. Okay. I'm just gonna just why, throw it Jared. out there. I'm gonna throw it. I, he's a little bit too wide eyed. And all right, y'all know like old old timey movies where the hero is like, "Gee guys, let's like a beaver cleaver kind of okay. Let's let's go down to the store. Nothing bad's gonna happen. I'm sure those guys aren't gonna jump us. Those dogs probably aren't gonna bite us. That's her Han Solo is Beaver Cleaver to me. Okay. Hmm. He's not I cool. That. He doesn't have I... the swag of Harrison Ford. Han Solo would, is the he person. He wouldn't shoot first. <laughs> no, although I think there is a line to... in here about how he does shoot first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. There is. There is. Uh, let's see. Han Solo. The way you're describing it, Beaver Cleaver. Okay, so Han Solo, the kind of guy who would apologize to his father for finding 100 bucks on the street. <laughs> or something like that, right? Yes, you know, like uh, right. I, I've seen, I once I found did this that. Money and I, spent I legitimately it. did one time. <laughs> I found a bunch of money on the street, and I there was a person, and I was like, "Oh, it must be their money," and I gave all the cash to them, and they were like, "Thank you," and ran away. <laughs> My mom was like, "Don't." <laughs> yeah, there's a story for another Love day. It. I just told it, but it's for another day. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're saying you're. You are Han Solo, then. Well, yes. I mean, my personality type is... I don't believe in like those personality profiles. However, one time I took one that told me I was Han Solo. So, <laughs> I'm going to take it mm. for sure. I've okay. got a scar on my chin. Hey! You can't okay. see it. All right, got to shave so you guys can see my scar. Hold on. Are you a son of Corellia? Yeah, I'm going to go grab my clippers. No, I'm not. But... 
All right, we got a controversial opinion here from uh, kind of weighing in on the subject here. Skuma Joe, the king of the, the Han Solo trilogy Discord book club. That's a mouthful. <laughs> he says, I agree that Crispin's Han is softer and gentler than the original trilogy Han, but I think it works as he gets hardened over the course of the trilogy. Interesting. I think it would work better if Rebel Dawn hadn't ended right before A New Hope. I agree with that point as well. But for me, it's that he, yes, he gets hardened, but then the way that he discusses the fact that he's jaded is more like the 1930s gangster. He's like, I'm never going to get the wool pulled over my eyes again. You see, see? here? It's, <laughs> That's fair. I, I kind of read it like, uh, all right, we get it, buddy. This, I don't know. I, I see what you're saying. I, I, I was just thinking about something else, too, that popped in my head. Um, you know, Skimma Joe made the point about, you know, which didn't end right before A New Hope. But something I never considered is, what if the confidence and the aura that he is yeah. presenting in A New Hope is really just false? And he really is still this insecure, growing, hurt dude who is putting on this bravado, bravado, bravada, whatever, yeah. um, in order to, to fit in in this dangerous world of a smuggler. Um, well, I don't know. Just thinking I mean, he, he, you've got a point there. He, he's we have to admit Han Solo's not working in an industry that is very nice, right? He has the opportunity to die uh, yeah. should he make any mistake, which we see that in the in the books, right? We see he's there right right off the bat. He's got bounty hunters coming after him uh, on Nar Shada, right? So and that's in in uh, Hut Gambit, I believe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and and he does have. I would say it's the kind of the evolution of of confidence, right? So he starts off soft, and then he gets cocky, but then he gets. You have to from the cockiness is born the confidence, right? Once you realize what you're you're actually worth, and what you can do, and what you're capable of, I feel like at that point you've kind of moved away from cockiness, which is like I know I can do these things. How do I prove it? Uh, that's how I see it, though, and and. He's he's. It's almost like he's going through the, the beginning phases of being like, "Hey, I'm hard. <laughs> you yeah, can't fool me." Right. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Maybe I, that's. I don't know. There's definitely a little bit of up and yeah. down, and his friends humanize him. Um, yeah. I really love the relationship with Lando for sure. We're not going to talk about Lando in deep detail. I do quite like the, the way she writes Lando in this yeah. series. So. There's that as well. There's all kinds of little Easter eggs to EU characters, almost too many, and we can talk more about that next week. Uh, it's definitely something that she really is trying to make sure all the legend stories that have been published throughout the 90s and beyond uh, before that, uh, she really tries to pull all those stories in, sometimes to a point where it's distracting. But uh, there's all kinds of little character cameos. Obviously, Boba Fett is featured. We'll talk more about him. We've yeah. got... Um, Bail Organa getting a little little cameo. Um, oh, who's the one from Dark Empire that I like? Mako Spence. Mako. Uh -huh. Spice. Sp yeah, one of those. Yeah, Mako is is great. You know, really takes him to a whole new level in this series, which I had no idea. It was one of those things where when he showed up, I threw the book across the room, grabbed my phone, and posted in the Discord. <laughs> I was like, "Y'all, Mako's in this thing," and they're like, "Oh yeah, all <laughs> kinds of little." character cameos. However, let's talk about some of the big characters for tonight. Next up is Bria Theron. Hmm. Bria is very much like that first love. Hmm. Um, yeah. The one that Han is just head over heels in love with, more so than she is with him. 
which I've been there. Oh, I've been oh, there too. It's rough. I'm just like, no, Han, don't do it. Haven't you seen the original trilogy? You got, <laughs> you got Leo waiting for you over there. He don't know. He hadn't met her. Gotta play it cool. When she says you love, she loves you, just gotta give her a subtle, I know. <laughs> yeah, he's gotta get there. Because in this yeah, one, it's yeah. like, he's the one going way out of his way to say yeah. first, I love you. Mm-hmm. Which I thought that was good. So let's talk about the romance here. I have a hard time even thinking about Leia in this entire series. Yeah. Because I'm so invested in the Han Bria relationship. It's so risky. Oh. For, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, so risky for Crispin to have given Han such a credible love interest when yeah. the Han and Leia relationship is one of the most iconic in yeah. cinema history, right? Well said. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, brave, uh, super brave. I, th- that that's exactly what I was thinking the whole time I was reading it. Was was thinking of Leia, and thinking, "Hey, the mother of your children's about to come." Like, but I really kind of want this to happen too. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's almost like uh, I had a clone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's almost it, the internal conflict in in the head feels like a, a reality TV show. We know we know there's a there's a thing that exists over here in the future that's going to go mm-hmm. really well. And she's a princess too, and she's general, right? She's really great. Uh, oh. And then you've got Bria Theron, who it's like, well, she's kind of cool too, though. <laughs> how do yeah. I, how do I fit both these? And and the fact that she works it so well that you really do want it to work, but we know it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, fantastic writing, honestly. I'll I'll say reading these for the first time, same thing. Like I couldn't care less about Leia. I was just like focused on this relationship and how how it would go. Right. And so, uh, let's see, what's the first one? Um, paradise sneer paradise, paradise sneer. sneer yeah yeah so going through that book yeah you want her to be freed you want her to be rescued you want this beautiful relationship to blossom young love then, then bria man she hurts me bad i like i took that personally you know like yeah. i was i was like in a major downer after that like why yeah. you know why bria why'd you have to do that and so like <laughs> i i never forgave her when she came back in i had this judgmental attitude of no 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 you missed your chance you're gone you know and but that's that's when you see like the beginning of his heartbreak, right? Like, how, yeah, he's totally. Not, he's not gonna, he's not gonna be so easily fooled the next time around. He's a little more jaded. So that's Man, all the, the bros stuff. tonight are getting all the feels, aren't we? <laughs> but then she does it again. Ah. She does it again. Revel Dawn. He's like, I shouldn't trust you. You screwed me over. Okay, let's get back together. I guess. And then it's just business. <laughs> and then she's like, All right, we're gonna raid Elysia, and uh, we're gonna what you call it earlier, Rick. Oh, don't don't put that on me. I was quoting Jared Mays. Did I say from, that on the uh, show? Yeah. I have no memory of that? this. None. We'll find it and put it on a commercial for you. Oh, please don't. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't watched the Chives commercial for months now. Uh, well, the, the point being that she says, yeah, we're going to go make this raid, and the smugglers invite all your buddies, and we need their help. And they can have all the loot, all the plunder. They got all those artifacts down there. He's got all of his uh, his treasures, and y'all have the treasures and smuggle them, sell them at the thrift stores. Y'all be rich. And then the rebels pull their guns on the smugglers, mm. and he's like, "What are you doing?" Lando's like, "What's your girl doing over there?" And then she's like, "I'm sorry, hon. We need the money, so we're gonna take the stuff." <laughs> and oh. he's like, "You can't do this to me." She's like, "No, I will, because the Rebel Alliance is way more important than you." Mm. And, and she was he's, right. <laughs> and he's like, there's nothing more important than our friends. And mm. you made a promise mm. to my friends, which is, I think, one of the greatest yeah. twists in, in all of Legends Publishing. It really hurts, man. 
Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. put I put you and Rick in that situation with me and thinking Bree is right there holding us at gunpoint. I'm pretty pissed off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you can't like, take my boy Rick's puppet. Can I be wearing a cape? Oh, man. <laughs> can, if I'm Lando in this analogy, can I have a cape? Sure. We all get capes because I, I want to okay. bring capes back. Yeah. So. I, was Everybody say, gets capes. I want a cape, too. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, well, I'm not going to have a cape, but we are going to get Jedi robes. So we're working on yes, those. Yes, sir. Very excited. Very excited. Well, it, it is a brutal, a brutal relationship. Let me ask you this, though. Why do you think Bria is not quite the perfect match for Han in the way that, Ale- that Leia eventually would be? Can we take a step, actually, and compare them? Because they're very similar. Yeah, yes. they are. Like, just the one on the list come from wealthy families, um, become strong, independent mm-hmm. women. Um, fighters for the rebellion. He's got know. a type. He's got yeah. a type. Um. Anyway, I just want to point that out. But yeah, keep. Oh, uh, I got another one. Uh, Bria. Else? Bria did drugs, and so did Carrie Fisher. <laughs> oh. Oh. I don't know. That might have been in bad taste. If it was, I sincerely apologize. Sincerely apologized to the entire Fisher estate, and we'll see no. myself out. Yeah, I mean, no, May no she rest doubt, in peace. Leia. We love her. Carrie Fisher is our absolute princess of I'm, the Star Wars I'm, fandom. I love her. And I'm we'll sure always there was be. some... She, to me, some... she's royalty. I'm, d- I'm deep in the in the pit here. Help me, Rick. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure the princess of Alderaan had some, some parties that, you know, had some spice in them, so I think you're safe, but... Probably. Uh, we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, There's more. But yeah. <laughs> definitely not the perfect match for Han. Um the big yeah. difference for for me though is that Leia always knew who she was and what her purpose was, and then Han could fit in as a companion in that journey. Um, but she totally was on her own, independent from needing a crutch. Mm. Whereas Bria was so dependent on her addiction mm. that then for her the rebellion became her new addiction. Mm. Um, it became this driving purpose, and um, th- no person was ever going to fit into that. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was no space for mm. a partner. She wasn't whole. And, she wasn't fully, fully that's, whole. Yeah. That's so great, Jared, that you say that, because mm. that is real life, right? There's going to be situations mm. in, in not everyone's life, but in some people's lives, and uh, in mine too, right, where where you need to put your for- focus into something and as much as you want to do that other thing, like really, this one's a lot more important. And sometimes you just have to make the sacrifice to give your your full attention to one thing instead of splitting yourself amongst, not giving it your all, right? And and, and Bria doesn't seem like a person that's going to give it halfway, right? Uh, just like Leia, though, Leia is not going to give it halfway, or or as uh, Lando says, Leah. Does he say Leah? <laughs> but Leah. but she came she came from such a grounded family, yeah, that she was taught how to compartmentalize and make space for family. And there's some places in Legends where that she doesn't prioritize family like she should, but for the most yeah. part, mm-hmm. is a dedicated, loving, loyal mom and spouse. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas it seemed like uh, Bria had a more complicated relationship with... I mean, just the fact yeah. that she was gone. I mean, she was abducted, you know, essentially. You know the big difference, in my opinion, between Leia and and the other girl... Yeah, the ex-girlfriend, uh, <laughs> the betrayer. Yeah. The betrayer. To me it's 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 the fact that Leia was willing to bring Han into it with her like, "Hey, you're a good guy. I want you to be in this thing with me." 
I want I want to include the thing I love in the thing I love, which to me is like the real relationship. That's yeah. where real love is spawned between family uh, between people, right? Is you share hobbies with each other, you share you share each other's likes and dislikes, and you're not always going to agree on things. Uh, you could make me cry, but... Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in the true realistic sense of of life, like it, Bray, she wasn't ready to bring Han into this, which meant means that she she loved this thing that the the you know the rebel the rebellion that was her love unfortunately han wasn't quite there yet she he didn't match with her uh and and she wasn't willing to bring him into it which you know says says something there so ultimately it's how much did one person love the other and i think we all know leia and han are they they truly do do love each other that they'll do everything for each other those are my thoughts <laughs> yeah, yeah we well play Han well and Leia's said. theme after this for sure yeah I, I agree man I um I really liked what you said about yeah Leia included him with the love you know we talked about uh the betrayer she uh she didn't hold loyalty to people as much as the mission you know but leia has both she sees the people while still pursuing the mission and um yeah it was it's not one or the other it's together that's very uh, much who leia is beautiful beautiful well, i don't know if we're gonna gonna have a cry session later or <laughs> get like a sermon written or what but this is something this is good stuff man I, i'll tell you what i wrote a wedding script last week two weeks ago and nice. I did make a Star Wars reference. Yeah, there it's, it's very hush hush. Can't talk about it. But yeah. all right, I'll tell you the the one Legends reference I made. All right, and tell me this wasn't just perfect, just made for a wedding. What do you call it? A wedding sermon? That's not the right word. Sure, I don't know. Listen to this from Revenge of the Sith. Ooh, love, love. will ignite the stars. Oh. <sighs> that's gonna be at somebody's wedding, y'all. I mean, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. I've yeah. only officiated one wedding, and guess what my first sentence was? Oh, no. Um, Mowage. You got it. There it is. <laughs> Mowage. <laughs> is what wings us together today. You had to. You had to. They actually requested it. I'm not even joking. It was okay. an inside joke where someone else in the family had that same thing, and so Mowage. they wanted me to. I believe the last one I did could have been two or three ago. It was right at the height of the the Hamilton craze. Oh, nice! And I you believe said, in that, Jared. I said, "Welcome to everybody. Um, you did it. You're here. You're in the room where it happens." And I kid ah. you not, the auditorium erupted <laughs> nice. in applause and laughter. They thought I was the. Nice. I got I got way more nervous because then I had set the bar so high they thought I was hilarious. <laughs> Oh man, and I that, was like, "That's tough. That's tough. I've been there I was before." Like, oh, that that went over too good. Yeah, <laughs> I did a oh, I, I did a it. preaching series on Peter, and I made a little uh, spoken word, not rap, because I'm white, white as it oh, gets, but no. like a spoken word. And it was like good. Hamilton. I didn't try to rap it. Yeah, I don't believe it you. was. How does a middle class fisherman end up in the middle of God's mission pant plan? Dang it, I already forgot yeah, how it goes. You no, know, it's not good. He's, yeah, it was it was really well written, but the delivery I had to look at my notes a thousand times before I even now I, I can't it. even say it right. But it was it was really good. I'll have to share it with you later. Let's see if we can find the video, then we'll believe you. Well, we talked Whew. about uh, overdoing it and yes. going above and beyond, setting the bar too high. Mm. There has been a hot take, at least from the Discord. Of somebody saying that perhaps Merg in the Paradise Snare 
Ooh. is a better sidekick to Han than Chewie. Hmm. What That's do you a think? Hot take. It is a hot, t- a hot take. That is straight from the lava. That, I, and and I think yeah. in the Paradise Snare, I I would say at least this much that Merg is a spectacular ancillary character. Oh yes. yeah, yes. That's the other thing. How do you write a character? You know, okay. I'm gonna round of applause to AC Crispin for for giving us a love that could rival Luke and Leia. Oh yeah, or Luke and mm-hmm. Leia. <laughs> Rivals that one for sure. You got those two steamy you know. kisses. <laughs> Whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with it. <laughs> it and also rivals t- Han and Leia. Han and Leia, exactly. You know, there's not that kind of love in Star Trek, just saying. <laughs> uh and then and then of course uh a, a sidekick that rivals Chewie. That's crazy to me. It is. That's a great point. Both a sidekick and a love interest for Han mm. that are yeah. That compete with what we find in the original trilogy. Excellent point. Skuma, Skuma Joe says, who could have said that? Let's get him and throw him in the fire. <laughs> I believe it was you, Skuma Joe. Yeah, I believe it was you. So it basically says, at least in this trilogy. Now, I could give you that. Not that he's better than Chewie in the films. Um, because the authors have gone so far as to say this was the big point that was made in um, the creation of the New Jedi Order, for example, there was the debate about can we kill off the family dog? Mm. Spoilers for the New Jedi Order. All right, you've been warned. Chewie bites it in the first... <laughs> Rick hasn't read. Chewie bites it oh, in the first it. book. Yeah. And the big point... All right, you're safe, Rick. Come on back. Come on back. You're good. The big point of debate was Chewie's hard to write for. Yeah. Chewie's hard to write for because he's so hard to write for. Like, how do you write a character who only ever says this? <laughs> right? it, do you do you write the H R R R G G H H H H, or do you have some another character say, yeah. "Oh, see what Chewie meant by that was this"? Or a lot of times, a a, a Wookiee will have a protocol droid that interprets. Or there's... there's all kinds of crutches, but it's hard for the author and not yeah. fun for the reader. There's mm. two ways to write for Chewie. One, as you just said, where we have an interpreter, and I think the best way to interpret it is writing a response where you can understand the question, right? Yeah. Like, oh, Chewie, we're not going to go kill him right now. Like, something like that, right? Where you're like, yeah. what did he say? And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> He's talking about killing that guy. Of course uh, I fixed the hyperdrive. <laughs> exactly. Or, mm. uh, you know, in in describing Chewbacca, right? Like, you know, he he looked upset or something. Very simple, where describes yeah. his moods or something like that. But those are like, in my opinion, the only two ways you can really write him. <laughs> Freddie, do you remember in the Thrawn trilogy? Oh gosh, man. there's a Wookiee with a raw basic. Yes, there's a Wookiee with a speech impediment. And Rick, I don't know if wow. you've seen it. I actually yeah. played a clip of the audiobook on the show. Of the of Mark Thompson oh, doing yeah. the Wookiee with it's the speech terrible. impediment, and it it at least for me was the funniest moment in Legends Look Back history. It it was so much. I was laughing so hard. I was sweating and spitting and snorting, and I and that was just in the first five seconds. Uh, I could uh. not. Rec- I physically could not recover to finish the show. 
<laughs> because I didn't warn. I think it was uh, Meg, Freddie, and Cheryl on that episode. I didn't yeah. warn them that I was going to do this. I just did it live on the show. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll find the clip. We'll find the clip. Oh, nice. man. That so that's awesome. not a good way to do it. Good. Not this Wookie with a speech impediment. We tried it. It wasn't that great. <laughs> we tried it, but at least we tried it. At least we tried. Oh, All right. it's we so talked bad. about oh. we talked about Merg. We talked about Bria. We talked about Han Solo. Lightning round here. Let's go through the villains, and we'll be done mm. for tonight. And we'll bring in mm. Charles to save this thing next week. Ready? Terra Winza, the dastardly mm. Rhino who vibrates, mm. starts a religious cult. Has a big collection, though, to his... All right, yeah, there's one thing, that, a redeeming quality, likes to collect. He's a collector. <laughs> likes to collect. One of us, one of us. Hey, he, he might big, be a Sith, but you like collecting like me. <laughs> the big difference is with Tarawinza, Rick, is that he notoriously reads his books before he puts them on the shelf. All right, all right. You know what? <laughs> He's booting me. <laughs> Oh man, that's so good. Are you are you better to get it out of your system? Yeah, nothing happened. Nothing <laughs> happened. I'll I'll be nice. I'll be nice. I won't do it again. I won't do it again. All right, all right. How does Terra Winza for you rank among the great villains of the EU? I'm at least gonna put him B tier. I mean, he's yeah. like almost A tier for me. Hmm. He's not terrifying, right? He's not terrifying. We're we're like Vader. I feel like Vader A tier villain. Absolutely Palpatine A tier villain. A Thrawn. Depending on how you know what side you're on, Thrawn yeah. is yeah. Isard, Isard. I would say definitely B, B Plagueis. or C. You know, not not really scary, Dane. just uh, mm-hmm. very manipulative and knowing it. Right, that's that's pretty bad. I think he's yeah. good in the sense that you hate him. Yes, you just definitely. he's just despicable. He reminds mm-hmm. me of uh, who is it from? Oh man, the frog guy on Kessel. Morith Duel. Yeah. yeah. He's like in the same tier. Morith <laughs> Duel, right? They're they're like yeah. right at the same level. They're not terrifying, they're just disgusting. <laughs> yes. I all right, here's the thing about Terra Winza. He makes the huts the huts look respectable. Yes. <laughs> he makes true. he makes the huts look honorable. Cause they have yeah. a code. And he's got he he's a slave owner. I mean, that's not good. Yeah. Isn't his species a subspecies of the huts? On they're like cousin species or something. Yeah, yeah. they've got those long arms and the rhino horn. Yeah. And for more on this, you can check out a couple episodes ago from the Living Forest because we have a cutting edge image of one of the Talantatil mm. on uh, possibly could be soon to be revealed cover of one of the Essential Legends collection books. Jury's Ooh. still out on that. I, I will say that's not true whatsoever. We made the covers ourselves. <laughs> I will say I would love to get unabridged audio productions of these, wouldn't you guys? Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My screen reader app did not cut it for me. Uh, I can't say how many names it butchered, but uh, you know we got through it. I did a little bit of that too. I did some of the speech to text on Kindle. The one mm-hmm. that it was especially fun to listen to the robot read to me. Ready? The two Hut Civil War clans. Oh, oh the yeah. Basadii Kajitic and the Dasilogic Kajitic. You listen to a robot say Dasilogic Kajitic about a hundred times, and it'll break something within you. It truly, truly will. How do, how do you say that, Freddie? Um, 
Which one? <laughs> I said <laughs> either of them. I said I'm like my robot friend, so you just say oh, okay. however you want. Like I a mean, besadi, besadi, because there's two eyes there, right? It's a little more emphasis. That's there. true. That's true. Uh, Kajidic, <sighs> honestly, Kajidic sounds correct. You could say Kajidic if you want to do that as well. I would go with Kajidic. Kajidic, uh, definitely not that one. No. <laughs> Masadi <laughs> um, Kajidic and Desilogic Kajidic is how I said it. You know, they look they look like even if you were to say it in the language, it would probably still sound the same. It's written yeah. the way you probably Man, I was, are supposed to say it. I was going to get some Hutti's phrases for this week's episode. I forgot all about that. Well, the good news is we've got a round two. We're going to do a two-parter on this, and we need it because we are running low on time. Now, we're going to have Charles on next week to talk all all about the overarching questions of this trilogy. And boy, are there a lot of them. I've got a lot of questions. And we are going to hear all about why he loves this trilogy as among his very favorite Star Wars books ever. Uh, I do want to talk more next. Make sure we put a pin in this for next week. I got to hear more about the huts. We can get enough of the hut stuff, which was almost the alternative title for this episode. You know, like <laughs> the song stuff. "Hot Stuff" from the eighties. <laughs> hot stuff. There's going to be hut, <laughs> hut stuff. But you're right. But the hut stuff is actually just like frogs Yikes. and murder. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mostly murder. And Some they're snacks. hermaphroditic. That's a thing. Yes, that is a thing. They're pouches, man. Who knew? They have pouches like kangaroos. There's a lot in this series There's that is just... <laughs> that was definitely the hidden gem for me in the series was all of the, the hut lore I didn't know I needed. That was fun. There's some points in the hut gambit where I'm like, this book is just cover to cover hut lore. That's yeah. all what... There's no story. It's just it's hut just, lore. Yep. <laughs> Man. But it's it's enjoyable. Sure. Absolutely yeah. enjoyable. Just like this episode of Legends Look Back. That's going to do yes. it for this week. Coming up next week, we've got on the Living Force Monday night, the Star Wars Celebration Preparation episode. I'm hoping they can tell me how to get my stickers to stick to my backpack because they're peeling. And those were like $5 a piece. So somebody help me with my stickers. All right. Uh, coming up on Wednesday, we've got the Ario Anandito Artist Spotlight on the Cosmic Force. I don't know who that is. So I'm looking forward to learning on Wednesday. And... On Thursday, a little show called Legends Look Back, we're going to have Dr. Charles Hankel talk about Tree Frogs and Huts and Boba Fett and the A.C. Crispin Han solo trilogy. That does it for this week. Thanks for joining us for Legends Look Back. Thanks especially to our incredible patrons for your amazing support. We love making this show, and we're glad that you are here along for the ride. A special thank you to our Jedi High Council, O.K. Indar, Brian Dooley, Earl Q., Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander. And our Alliance High Command, Matt Billington, Elizabeth Cloutier, Freddie C., Sally, and Chris Eilerson as well. Remember to sub to the channel and leave us a review in your podcast platform of choice. And, hey, if you would like your thoughts read on the show, you can email us at legendslookbackutini.com. You can send us a message in the Legends Look Back Discord channel. Leave a comment on this episode on YouTube, or you can find us on Twitter at Legends Look Back. I'm Jared Q. Mays. Freddie. At Wake Up Freddy. And Rick. At Rick underscore Grace. You can also find Tyler at uh, Ty Rags to tell him how much uh, you really think that he's not going to win the competition <laughs> and how we should totally count those two books that I read a few weeks ago in the competition. Make sure you talk some trash over there. Remember, if you want to buy some of the books, such as The Paradise Near the Hut Gambit or the third one, Rebel Dawn, uh, you can go on over to utini.com, click the Amazon link in the profile, and we get a few cents to help keep the lights on. You get a Legends book. It's a win-win. And remember the Huts win also because they facilitated the agreement. 
and you don't want to cross them. Also, remember, after you've read the books, you can leave us a review and let us know what you think. Remember, everybody, to keep the Uchini fan code to be a force of positivity in the fandom. May the force be with you. This is a Uchini broadcast. <laughs>